Common Knowledge Podcast, just a man doing the best he can with what he got. And I'm not trying to make this the Everything Wrong with America podcast. I'm really not, dog. I've only been in America for a short time from previously living in Japan for 12 years. And like I said in the previous podcast, there is a reverse culture shock thing happening to me right now. But I'm going to be honest, guys, it's just a lot of shit that goes on in America that's just stupid, just dumb, makes no sense. And we tend to accept it because that's the way it was. And nobody questions, why is it like this? And why don't we change it? In this good old capitalist American system that we have, and once again, strong capitalists here, I'm just putting, putting that out there. It's a lot of stuff that we do that is linked to money. And one of the things is respect and dignity. It tends to be the more money you have, the more dignity and respect you receive. It's directly correlated with how much money you make. Like in most cases, people only ask you what your job is to see how much respect they're going to give you. That's the reason. Like they ask you, hey, what do you do for a living? Just to see how much respect to give you. And that's like one of the things that I've been dealing with since I've been here. And that is also correlated to customer service. The quality of customer service you get in America is directly tied into how much you're paying for whatever service. Hate to say it, but that's what it is, man. It's like if you're not paying an exorbitant amount for any service that you're trying to obtain, then you're going to get shitty customer service. And I'm trying to figure out why. I'm not going to get into no pathology about how people who do, quote unquote, menial labor jobs or, you know, low skill jobs can't give you quality service. I'm not going to get into that. But there is something to be said about this. And I'm going to tell you guys this story. And I'm, I'm going to keep names out because people asked me to keep their names out that was involved. So I'm going to keep names out, but I'm going to tell you guys the story. And let me tell you, Spirit Airlines, I'm still waiting on your phone call. I was putting this off for a second because you said you was going to resolve it, but I've yet to get an email from you, Spirit Airlines. So I'm going to put this story out there. And Spirit Airlines, if you happen to hear this, call me. You got my number. I called you. Anybody who's listening to this podcast, feel free to tag Spirit Airlines. I will be doing that. Tell them to call me. I'll be glad to talk this out. So I'm fresh back from Japan. Need to go visit my mom. I'm taking my Japanese friend with me. Originally, I was going to drive a car down there. Rent a car, drive from Memphis to Jacksonville. But I'm not going to lie. To rent a car for like, they was going to be there four days. And then the gas and traveling around. It was going to be a lot of money. However, my friend wanted to do an American style road trip. So I was like, yeah, we can do that coming back. So I did the math, found out it'd be cheaper just to fly to Jacksonville. The flights I was looking at from Memphis to Jacksonville was kind of expensive, coming from Delta Airlines, United, and then it was suggested to me, hey, man, why don't you try one of these budget airlines like Spirit? So I went to Spirit. I was like, oh, wait, they don't fly into Jacksonville. And my mom was like, hey, why don't you just fly into Orlando? Orlando's like an hour and a half from Jacksonville. We'll come and pick you up. 
I was like, oh, bet. No problem. That sounds like a done deal. Bet. So I go to Spirit Airline and I book the flight for March the 25th. I go to the airport March the 24th. <laughs> Made a mistake. I thought I booked the ticket for the 24th. I, turns out I booked it for the 25th. I get up to the front counter. The lady is very nice. Very, very nice. I explained to her, hey, man, made a mistake. I booked a ticket for me and my friend for the 25th. Can you change it to now? She's like, sure. No problem. Let me see what we got. She's like, yeah, there's some open seats. I had paid for some seats on my flight. And the lady at the desk was like, hey, well, you already paid for your seats for tomorrow. Would you like to apply that to some exit row seats with more leg room? And I was like, well, hey, I don't see why not. The money is already spent. So she takes that money and applies it to the seats on the exit row with extra leg room. So then she asks, in the unlikely event of a plane crash, would you be willing to help the flight crew? So I say, yes. My friend who speaks English was like, oh, what does that mean? So I gave them an explanation. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll help. So we get past TSA. It's time to board. The boarding attendant who's taking tickets before you board the plane. She speaks quick and says the same thing. Super quick. In the unlikely event of a plane crash, would you be willing to help the flight crew? My Japanese friend was like, what? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I'll help. So there was a flock of people right there in the staff. They started kikiing and laughing. My Japanese friend was like, eh, okay, well, that's kind of rude, but whatever. No biggie. We board the plane. We store our bags. We make our ways to our seat. This is a three-passenger row. My friend is sitting by the window. I'm sitting in the middle. And there's a customer to the right of me, very heavyset black guy who's talking on his phone super loud. At this moment, a third person, a flight attendant named Molly, comes up and asks my row. Well, she asked the row on the left first. I'm sitting on the right. She asked the row on the left on the unlikely event of a crash, would you be willing to help the flight attendants? They say yes. Then they move over. Tomorrow, she's like, hey, in the unlikely event of a crash, would you help the flight attendants? Now, keep in mind, the guy was on the phone talking loud. I'm in the middle, the Arizona, my friend's by the window. So the guy next to me says, yes, sure. I say yes. My friend was like, huh? Because they could not hear because the air was on. And I was like, that's the accident thing again. And my friend's like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. Cool. Now, at this point, Molly looks at me and asks me, hey, are you guys together? And I was like, yes, yes, we are. And she asked me, can she speak English? And I was like, well, why are you asking me? Yeah, yes, yes, she can, she can speak English. No problem. So she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just had to ask. All right, now keep in mind, this is the third time we've been asked. In the unlikely event of a crash, would you be willing to help? And the answer was yes, all three times. At this point, the person who I was told was the head flight attendant 
And look, before I get into this, this is not like anything indicative of every black woman. I'm not trying to make this a pejorative thing or play into any stereotypes or get into some kind of weird black pathology. No, but I'm just going to describe the lady. A kind of heavy set black woman with braids down to her butt comes up to my friend, doesn't introduce herself, doesn't give a greeting. Does not say hello. Just comes up and say, speak English. Not a hello. Not a hi, how you doing? Excuse me, ma'am. Nothing. Just says, speak English. So I'm looking like, what? Taking the back, my friend was like, yes, I speak English. The next question was, do you know where you're going? And I'm saying it in that tone because that's the tone she was using. Do you know where you're going? So at this point, me being next to my friend, I'm like, what? That's, do you know where you're going? I'm like, do you think that I'm kidnapping the Japanese woman to make her my sex slave? I, I, like, this, well, but I didn't say anything. But my friend replied, yes, I know where I'm going. I'm going to Orlando. Now, the next question was, if the plane catches on fire, what would you do? Yeah. If the plane catches on fire, what would you do? I chimed in, excuse me, ma'am, how is that a valid question? I'm not sure I would know what to do if there was a fire on the plane. And let me just make this point. That question wasn't asked to anybody else on either one of those emergency exit rows. They went to the Asian person and asked her if there was a fire, what would you do? If there's a fire on a plane, what would you do? Ask the Asian person. Nobody else on these emergency exit rows were asked that question. Not myself. Not the gentleman next to me, not the people on the other side. Just her. So once again, I chimed in. Like, I, I, I'm not sure. I know what to do. If there's a fire on the plane. She replied, it's a valid question. If you read the emergency pamphlet in front of you. And that's how she sounds. I'm not trying to like do a, a characterization of a angry black woman. No, but that's how she sounds. She sounded like that. Well, it is a valid question. If you read the emergency pamphlet in front of you, the emergency pamphlet, nobody was told to read. Nobody. Nobody read it. Nobody was told to read it. But the information she was spouting out apparently was in that pamphlet. And spoiler alert, it was not in that pamphlet. Not the way she was saying that. Right? Nobody was told to read that. And then her next response was, well, I'm not talking to you. And my reply was, well, we're together. What happens to her affects me. And I don't think that speaking to you is against the rules, right? I can talk. And at this point, she started to raise her voice. And I told her, ma'am, please calm down. I was like, ma'am, please calm down. Because I was not yelling when I was giving these counterpoints. I was speaking very calmly. I'm just like, these are not valid questions. At this point, she ice grills me. I'm talking about gives me the, the grill. So me being the guy I am, I look back with the ice grill. With a, like, continue talking. Go ahead, continue. Go ahead. Like a staring contest ensues. It's a pissing contest. 
I kid you not, she turns around and says, well, I ain't got to take this shit. That's what she said and walked off. Now, at this point, the gentleman next to me looks at me and says, hey, man, you better calm down or they're going to kick you off the plane. And I was like, man, I hope they kick me off this plane. I'm going to slap their ass with the biggest lawsuit ever. I hope they throw me off this damn plane. Please throw me off this goddamn plane. At this point, the board and attendant, they took our tickets. They were speaking very quick. She comes up to me and she says, in a very apologetic tone, by the way, she was like, hey, the head flight attendant asked that your seats be moved. An obvious, vindictive power move. But we didn't complain. I didn't say anything. I was like, oh, okay, no problem. Took my ticket. Apologized to the gentleman next to me. Like, I'm sorry for the inconvenience. I need you to move. We're going to the back. Literally puts us on the last row of the plane. Like, literally the last row on the plane next to the flight attendants in the back. So, I didn't say anything. I'm still at the terminal. There was a flight delay. Still had Wi-Fi. So, I instantly go to the Spirit Airline website and start making a complaint taking contemporaneous notes of the incident while I was fresh in my, my head. Molly's back there. I look at Molly, the flight attendant, and I like, hey, what is the, uh, the, the lady's name in the front? The flight attendant? She's like, oh, the head flight attendant? I'm like, yes, ma'am, what's her name? Now, I'm pretty sure Molly knew her name, but Molly's like, oh, well, I don't know her name because, you know, we're on different flights. Don't know if I believe Molly or not, but that's what Molly said. So I'm like, all right, cool. Molly was like, well, what's the problem? I was like, well, I'm filing a complaint because I feel like that was very discriminatory what happened to my friend. And Molly, riding for the company, which I, hey, look, man, good employee, riding for the company, was like, oh, well, we, we have to ask uh, if she can speak English because we're going to be giving out commands if the plane crashes. And this is the point where I stopped Molly and I asked, well, why wasn't any other passengers on these rows? Asked the same question. I wasn't asked that. The gentleman next to me wasn't asked that. The people on the opposite aisle wasn't asked that on the emergency row. Only the Asian woman was asked that question. That is discrimination. At this point, Molly was like, oh shit. <laughs> you right. <laughs> so she tried to defuse the situation by saying, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry for the inconvenience. Snacks on me. That's what she said. Snacks on me. I'm like, well, thank you, Molly. I appreciate it. So I fill out the complaint. I send the email out. It's only a two-hour flight. We get there. We land. It's time for us to exit the plane. I exit the plane. The flight attendant, the head flight attendant is in the front. I walk past her. I say, hey, ma'am, have a wonderful day. She doesn't look at me, points to the window. I'm like, okay, that's kind of rude. All right, whatever. Cool. Get my bags. Get off. I instantly call Spirit Airline. <laughs> like, as soon as I get off the plane, call them, file a complaint. I tell the situation, like, look, I need to file a complaint on this flight from Memphis to Orlando. She asked me what the problem is. I tell her I want to file a complaint because my friend was discriminated on this flight from Memphis to Orlando. She asked, well, why do you feel like you was discriminated? I give her the reason why. She tells me, well, they have to make sure that the person sitting on the exit row can speak English 
because the flight attendants are going to be giving commands. And I'm sorry you felt discriminated. Now, here's the thing, Spirit Airlines. If you have to ask the same question four times, there's obviously a communication problem within your ranks. Within the four times, you should have said, excuse me, we need you to move. And why? Which leads me to the next problem. When you approach a paying customer already seated in a plane, you need to approach the person with some pleasantries. Hello, ma'am. How are you doing? Excuse me, ma'am. I hate to inconvenience you. Customer service. The notion of a customer challenging your line of questioning cannot be seen as aggressive. The fact of the matter is this head flight attendant felt defeated. And instead of changing her approach and fully articulating the rationale for her question, she'd rather have a paying customer get kicked out of their seats and move. And here's the deal. I bet you dollars to donuts that she asked that we be removed from the plane, but they told her like, no, uh, we can't do that. Because I wasn't being rude. So, but I'm pretty sure she asked, hey, kick them off the plane. And she was told, no, that's just me speculating. Though I don't know. But I do know a power move was made to get us out of those seats that we paid for, which leads to the next problem. Spirit Airlines, why are you charging extra for exit row seats when the people sitting on the exit row seat have to become the de facto flight crew? I'm paying for extra leg room and now I got to work in the unlikely event of a plane crash. And is that legally binding? So if I say, hey, man, I'll help. If the plane crash and I don't help, are y'all going to sue me? But look, man, this bastard didn't help me. If there's a requirement for those seats, why are you charging extra? It should be a wash. Those seats should not be extra. Don't charge extra for extra leg room when there's a requirement to go with, this, with those seats. That's stupid. That's just, try, just trying to get money for no damn reason. You're greedy. There should not be a charge for those damn seats. And which leads to the next problem. What's the litmus test? How do we decide if somebody's English is good enough, guys? Seriously, my friend passed the test three times. The fourth time, answered all the questions. The English was good enough. Answer all your questions. Told you where she was going. So was English not good enough? Also, you didn't test nobody else's on those roles English. Didn't ask me if I could speak English. Could have been from a French-speaking African country. Didn't ask me. Didn't ask the gentleman next to me, nor the people in the other row on the exile. Didn't do that. Went directly to the Asian person to question their English-speaking prowess, which has been tested three times previously. The fact of the matter is, man, the head flight attendant didn't want to explain herself. And here's the problem, right? If you're going to save that before you get the exit seat, it should be an English test before you, you click on the box. Before you click on the box saying you can sit there, it should be an English test for everybody. Seriously, if you're going to require that, you need to make that a litmus test for everybody before they even get the seats. It's discrimination, guys. It's discrimination because they are literally saying you can't sit here unless you speak English. Which leads to the question. Because how good did your English have to be? In America, it seems like your dignity and respect 
it's tied to how much money you can pay. Because when I told this to a lot of my friends, it was like, your first mistake was you, you flew on Spirit Airlines, Marcus. You should have known better. It's cheap. And to you, I reply, do I have to give up dignity and respect to save money? That's literally the American ethos. If you want dignity and respect, good customer service, you got to pay for it. So if you don't pay an exorbitant amount for anything that you get in America, expect to be treated like shit. Because obviously you're not worthy of dignity and respect because you don't have money. It's so funny, man. Like, since I've been back, I see little things that I just ask, why? Even going into the airport, there's a special TSA line at Delta Airlines when I was flying, taking my friend back to fly back to Japan. There's a Delta Airline fast pass lane. If you pay extra money, you can get through this and become a priority passenger. And then you look at the regular line. It's, it's all long. Priority people, it's like two people over there. They get through quick. I'm like, why not just get everybody in the regular line quick? Like in Japan, there's no priority line. You hop your ass in line and they get through everybody quickly. So in order for me not to mix, possibly miss my flight, I got to pay for priority lines. <laughs> TSA quick check. Were you pre-scanned at TSA? Like, yeah, I got to pay for that? Why isn't that a thing? So if I can pay extra money and get through TSA quicker, then why aren't you just getting me through TSA quicker? Right? It's a scam. It's a hustle, bro. It's a ruse. They just trying to get more money out of us, dog. And ain't nobody asking why. Just, just dumb, bro. But Spirit Airlines, you've been put on notice, man. You got my complaint. Hit me back. And some of y'all may be asking, well, Marcus, what do you want Spirit Airlines to do? I need you to retrain. Retrain your cabin crew. Seriously, re retrain them. On how to approach paying customers. And on racial sensitivities because that was racist and yes it was a black lady she was racist towards a Japanese woman I'm not going to be up here sprouting out Black Lives Matter protesting and being like yeah man it's just racist against black people and then when I see black people do it to somebody else not saying anything buddy that ain't me man I'm consistent bro anybody who knows me knows I'm consistent I'm the same person everywhere I go I'm not just for like anti-racism against blacks. I'm, I'm just anti-racism for everybody. I'm pro-rights. I stand on what I believe, bro. I stand on that. So if I see somebody being mistreated, I'm going to say something. I don't care where I'm in. I don't care what race you are. I'm consistent, bro. And this was a black lady being racist to a Japanese woman. And it can't stand. Spirit Airline, you need to retrain your people. Dead ass. Retrain them. Also, I'll let you know I called the ACLU and they're looking and they're reviewing the case too. So, Spirit Airlines, hit your boy up. In America, some things, some things should not be connected to money. Hey, real quick, guys. The Common Knowledge Podcast will be sporadically put up. I generally try to put these podcasts up every Monday. But recently, I'm going through a couple of issues with my family. 
so the uploading will be sporadic. We're going to continue. Keep on doing what you're doing. Like just because my world is crumbling, I know the world outside is going to continue. And to tell the truth, man, this podcast is kind of therapeutic for me to get my opinions out. So I will continue. I don't do grief porn, so I won't like elaborate on what's going on in my family. But just know I'm dealing with some things. So if the podcast is kind of like missing a week or missing two weeks or three weeks, just know it's because I'm dealing with that. I welcome your thoughts and prayers as we deal with this as a family. But overall, man, I'm still going to be here, going to be posting. It just won't be as regular. So once again, thanks everybody who rocks with me. Continue support. I greatly appreciate it. And yo, let's keep this thing moving. Hey, yo, I'm going to talk about this, but just know I don't want to talk about this. But I'm talking about this because I feel like I got to talk about this. So here I go. I'm about to talk about this. <laughs> President Trump indicted on 34 counts. Ah. <laughs> about to get those felonies. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm trying real hard to care about this. I, I really, really trying hard. And it's not that I don't care. And it's not that this is not important. I understand the historical value of this. And it is unprecedented, historical, like the history books going to look at this time and for one, say that we all stupid as hell. That's going to happen. And be like, wow, how did this corrupt man become president? Corrupt, unqualified man become president. What were y'all doing? Y'all must have been on meth. Seriously, that's going to be in the history books 50 years from now. I promise you, but I'm fighting real hard to care about this right now. And it's not because it's not important. Dead ass just don't really see why I should care. Cause I told y'all this was going to happen, man. A dead ass go back to my podcast two years ago. I told y'all exactly what was going to happen. I told you he was going to get caught up on this. I told you he was going to get indicted. I told you this particular case was going to be a bigger deal than what y'all thought it was. Yep. Told y'all, man. Because the most incendiary thing about this case that people kept trying to spin it on was it was a hush money payment to a porn star because Donald Trump didn't want that coming out while he was running for president. That's how it's being spent or spun but that was never what the case was really about if you think this case is about hush money payments to a porn star you're not really really getting what this is about dog no this is a fraud case dog <laughs> this is a fraud case this is a case about uncle sam not getting his money bro campaign finance violations dog that's why i knew this was gonna be a bigger deal than y'all thought it was man you think the government ain't going to get their money? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't disclose the money, bro. That's why this is a problem, man. This is some Al Capone type shit, bro. The government won't take money. You got to disclose those gifts so they can take taxes out on you, doubt. And the former president was trying to duck taxes, doubt. Like, 
even the way he listed the stuff, and that's why Michael Cohen, his former attorney, went to jail. The way that they tried to skirt the tax system, they was like misnom- uh, misnaming the funds, putting it under like legal fees so Duke could get a tax break, dog. This is a tax case, a tax fraud case at its core, bro. The government, like, nah, bro, we can't let that shit slide. Something if we would have did, like a regular person, dog, you would have been in jail, bro. Like, dead ass. Happens all the goddamn time, bro. Michael Cohen got locked up. I knew they were going to come out there his ass, too, because it's kind of like a slam dunk case, bro. If you're looking at just the hush money payment, you're missing the point, dog. You are missing the point. Plus, man, like I said, dog, it's going to be a running string of, like, charges on this guy. The man still got the rape uh, case coming up. The man got the infamous find me 11,000 votes case. In uh, Georgia, the man got the stolen documents, which apparently every president does. <laughs> but he got the stolen documents and Mar-a-Lago case coming up. Like, dude, this is just only one case in a long line of cases that's going to get this guy kicked out of the paint, bro, which goes to my point that I told you guys a year ago, man. Dude ain't running for president. Dude is running from the law. This is not a legit run for president, bro. Like, look at dude, man. Like, dude is not even into this. Like, he doesn't want to be here, dog. Like, dude got into the race to try to stop indictments, which doesn't seem to be working, man. Like, seriously, doesn't seem to be working. Think about that. And once again, I'm going to hit y'all with that. I told you so. Listen to the Common Knowledge Podcast. I put y'all up on game. But, like, it was never going to work, guys. Like, Trump is a one-trick pony. One trick. Like, dude, we already done seen his movies. He can't pull the same thing. The only reason dude won the first time, which he didn't win the popular vote, and keep saying that, like, we got a jacked-up-ass political system, but that point aside, he did win. The only reason dude won was because he was new. And say what you want, the man is a political genius. He found a way to leverage celebrity. Like, he figured out the loophole. The loophole is just visibility, deny, 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 and keep the shit moving. Like, seriously. Ain't nothing you can do with a person that legit doesn't give a fuck. Like, dude got caught on so many things that any normal person would have got, like, dinged for. But he's like, nah, man. Uh Uh-uh. And this goes to, like, the ultimate trickology of Trump, which leads to, like, the ethos of the insurrection in January, January 6th riots, and the reason why dude has been able to get so damn far. Like, dude's get-down was that of such that he convinced y'all that anything he did was already done previously by previous politicians. That was his ultimate trick, which is smart as hell, dog. Like, think about it. Dude's whole get down was like, look, they coming down on me, but they all do it too. That's the man's argument for everything. And here's the thing. I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of believe him. Like, yo, you can convince me that every mainstream politician is out there doing shady shit. And hell, even John Edwards paid off his mistress, mistress. Same thing as Trump's doing right now. Like, John Edwards, he was a Democrat. He did the same damn thing. Like, hell, you got Elliot Spitz. Spitzer? Was Spitzer? Yeah, the, the guy from New York. Uh, What, Cuomo? 
been calling some nasty man shit. David Vitter down there in Louisiana. Uh, what's the old congressman that um had old girl killed? Like, yo, it's a lot of stuff, dog. So Trump ain't wrong when he says this and be like, look, I'm not doing anything any other politician or rich, powerful person hasn't done. The only problem is your mainstream politician knows how to do that shit on the low, <laughs> right? Trump get down was just blatant it in your face. And that was bound to catch up with his ass, dog. Like, there's only so many times you're going to be out here in public effing up before you get burnt, bro. Like, he was literally fucking up the church money. <laughs> like, bro, like, yo, Deacon, sit your ass down. Trump's get down was that of, I'm going to do this shit publicly because everybody else doing it. So if you come against me, you're going to come against everybody else. But once again, everybody else wasn't out here doing their dirt in public, bro. Like, dead ass. Dead ass. Like, <clears throat> dude didn't know how to calm down. And you can see, man, dude was scared, bro. Like, dead ass. I was looking at um him in the courtroom, and them pictures of him in the courtroom. Dude scared, bro. And I don't blame him, dog. Like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. As, as a point, I don't talk to police. I don't. Like, for me personally, that is a rule of mine. If I get stopped by a police officer or stopped in traffic by a police, I don't talk. I generally do not talk to police. And it ain't from no, like, oh, if you ain't doing no crime, don't you ain't got nothing to fear for. No, I just don't talk to police because they can catch me up. Like, a lot of y'all don't know the police can legally lie to you. Like, they can legally do that. I know that. And I don't try to negotiate with police officers. I don't talk to them. I keep it brief. I keep it casual. Like, hey, what's up? Do you know why I stop you? No, I don't, sir. <laughs> Where are you going? Haven't decided yet, sir. Do you need my license registration? And I keep it moving. I don't give no information. I don't say anything. If a police officer stops me on the street, my first question is, am I being detained? Oh, can I go? Cool. If I'm being detained, I'm asking why I'm detained. Did I'm shedding the hell up. Because the police officer does that every damn day. Like, if he wants to catch me up, he can catch me up. Like, because he has more practice. So, as a point of reference, I just don't talk to police. Now, I say that to say this about Trump. That's the local police. You know who I really don't talk to? Anybody with alphabets in their goddamn name. Mm-mm. ATF, FBI, TBI, NBI. No, brother. Mm-mm. If you got alphabets <laughs> and you the feds or even state level, mm-mm. I'm definitely ain't talking to you. You know why, though? Because the state level and the feds don't come after you unless they got a solid-ass case. Dead ass. Go check out them folks. Check out them folks' conviction rate. Like, the feds ain't taking a case unless they can put your ass in jail, bro. Like, the attorney general, they ain't doing that, dog. Like, Y'all talking about Alvin Bragg like he's weaponizing the the uh, police system. Oh, I don't want to see this police weapon. Look, look, let me stop for a second. Let me say that. Like anybody who's saying that, look, this is political. Yes, no shit. He's a politician. Everything's political, right? <laughs> By nature, it's political because he's a politician, right? But one thing them folks don't do: they don't take cases unless they know they're gonna win, dog. So. It's a lot of stuff going to come out, bro. And I'm quite sure somebody done flipped on their ass and then gave them a lot of information. 
because once again, y'all thought it was about the hush money payment. Nope, 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 nope. I don't know. I'm just pontificating now, but I'm pretty sure what happened was they brought people in. They started talking and that led to them asking questions about his business. Right. And I bet they found out some tax discrepancy because they already found out that he lies about payments to get tax breaks. From the campaign violation, I'm pretty sure they brought in that, uh, what's the dude, the CFO, uh, Wiseman in, asked him about the tax documents, started putting pressure on his family. And Wiseman, <coughs> Wiseman <coughs> cleared that throat, <coughs> put out a tuning fork, and started singing to their asses, bro. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, dog, like, because Cohen already done started snitching. I'm pretty sure Wiseman done started snitching. Everybody else they brought in, I'm pretty sure they snitched on his ass too, dog. That's why he was looking nervous in that goddamn courtroom. And I'm pretty sure, dog, they got a hard case about tax fraud for all his businesses, bro. Pretty sure that was happening. Now, a lot of y'all being like, well, that's the problem with police. See, they weaponizing the Justice Department. They weaponizing justice because... That's not what they brought him in for. It was supposed to be about hush money. And look, man, you're right. You are right. The president wasn't originally on trial or being questioned about like tax fraud or his business. It was about hush money. But, 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 this is something black folks been saying for years. And I want all like you people who's trying to defend Trump to think about this. This is the broken taillight defense, bruh. <laughs> this is literally the broken taillight defense, like dead ass. This is a police officer stopping me because I got a taillight out. And then while he's stopping me, asking to see my license and insurance. You didn't stop me because I was driving crazy. You didn't stop me because I was speeding. You stopped me because my taillight was out. And then while you had me stop, you started looking for other things that may be wrong. Because it's this ethos. The whole taillight theory is somebody who got a broken window or a taillight, something else must be wrong. Same thing applied here, dog. So you got a problem with that? Then, hey, you should have been listening to black folks. We was like, hey, man, that's not fair. Same thing, bro. Broken taillight. <laughs> he got stopped. Because of the hush money payment and campaign violation, I'm pretty sure they went digging deeper and found a whole lot of discrepancies. And that's why dude is looking super serious. Like, man, look at Trump. He ain't got no pep in his step no more, dog. Like, dude, no. It's about to go down. And this is only one case in a line of them Johns, bro. Yep. <laughs> it's about to get serious, man. But like I said, man, dude ain't running for president. I told y'all that, man. Like, I don't know how y'all fell for that. Like, dead ass. Will he get the Republican nomination? Honestly, I don't think he will. Seriously. I dead ass think dude ain't gonna get the Republican nomination. Like, seriously, I don't think he is, man. Like, I don't even think dude wants it, man. He's just trying to coast. But if he gets it, he definitely ain't gonna win the, the regular election. Like, the general election. He ain't gonna win that, dog. Like, once again, dog... People are tired of dude, man. Like, see, I know people who are Trump supporters and voted for him last time. We just like, man, nah, dog. Like, indictments ain't gonna get you elected, bro. Like, if dude get elected on indictments, bro, like we we fallen, we we fallen, man. Like, seriously, at that point, man, let everybody out of prison, dog. Seriously, if dude like <laughs> gets in, dog, 
We don't care about justice no more. Dead ass. Especially if dude get convicted of one of these crimes and is a felon and still be able to run for president. At that point, man, I need you to let everybody who got locked up for weed out. <laughs> get them out, buddy. They should be out anyway, but get them out and go ahead and uh, legalize weed federally. <laughs> Matter of fact, legalize all these goddamn drugs. Get everybody out because y'all full of shit. Seriously, if dude gets like even the nominee and he gets like a felony charge, and he gets that far. Like that ass. He won't be the first. Well, I'm telling you, man, shows flaws in the system. But nah, man, dude ain't running. He ain't, dog. He really ain't. And for the people who support him, dog, like, dude really ain't got no supporters, man. He doesn't. I, I subscribe to the John Meacham theory about 35% because dude got like 35% of America, but you can get 35% of America to agree to anything, dog. And 35% of America is irredeemable. Like dead ass, man. Like, ugh, just, just dead ass. I just, <laughs> but dude ain't gonna win, man. And this is just the first step in a long line of convictions, indictments. Well, I ain't gonna say convictions. And let me say too, dude is innocent until proven guilty. One of the tenets of the American justice system is Everybody is given a trial amongst their peers. However, I don't know who the hell is the peer of a president. Like, seriously. Like, bro, I don't just honestly thinking, I don't know if dude can have a, a fair trial. Like, seriously, like the arguments have been made that this is a daily president precedence because hey, any president now who gets out of office has a potential of getting locked up. And I'm saying, good, yeah, do that. Not just presidents, any politician. Look at that shit. Yeah, do that. I don't, I don't see that as a, as a negative at all. I feel like you should be digging in every politician. Matter of fact, look at uh, what's the homie on the Supreme Court, the black dude, uh, the conservative, Clarence Thomas, yeah. Look at all his stuff too, man. Just came out, dude, taking a lot of gifts from billionaires. Which, look, man, I ain't trying to like pivot too much, but like both sides doing the same thing. Like, seriously. This whole Trump talking about defund the police when everybody was running on the conservative side about defunding the police, which, look, man, once again, this goes back into the social mediafication of media. How, like, everything becomes a super buzzword. Well, every buzzword becomes a super pejorative now. It means anything and everything, like how woke became that. And now defund the police, which originally started as, let's look at all the funds we're allocating to the police department. And maybe shift them to other things that would defund the police was originally, which morphed into this big pejorative thing of like abolish the police, right? That's what every conservative is running on, including Donald Trump. They want to defund the police. They don't want you to have police, which was never the meaning. But now he's like, hey man, we need to defund the police. <laughs> and all his supporters are like, yo, we need to defund the police. I find the shit very ironic. But that's the get down, man. Like, yo, the social mediafication. And let's just talk about this real quick while we still talking about Trump. The way the media covered the president's indictments was complete bullshit, bro. Like, seriously, I got to ask, why was that even newsworthy? Like, seriously, this shit's going to be boring, bro. This is a boring, long-ass case. They try to make this jump the OJ 
uh, Bronco Chase. Matter of fact, that's like the only comparable thing that I can put close to this. It's with the OJ Bronco Chase. Like when they had the cameras on OJ's car, like going 35 miles an hour on the freeway and try to like give it tension and purpose. Like, bruh, just stop the goddamn Bronco and pull a dude out. <laughs> that was the same thing with the Trump indictments, man. The media was covering this junk like, oh my God, here's this car. Here's his motorcade. Uh, here's a door he's going to walk through. I'm just like, bro, who cares? Like, dead ass. Who cares? To be honest, I don't know why we're giving this dude, like, airtime. Because that's another genius move about Trump. Like, dude, realize, man, if I keep doing stupid shit, I get more airtime. More airtime makes me more visible. The more visible I am, the more supporters I can get. <laughs> like, seriously. However... A large swath of America ain't gonna go for these indictments, bro. Like, I think that's a bridge too far. <sighs> but we're gonna see, man. And honestly, like I said, I'm trying hard to care about this. I'm just talking about this because I feel like I gotta talk about this. And people ask me my opinions on it. But buckle up, people. It's gonna be a long ride, man. Like, this one right here ain't gonna be the coup de gras. I feel like still the major one is gonna be the one in Georgia. Or the documents case where he was um, keeping those top secret documents in Mar-a-Lago. That's probably going to be a super one. Like this one right here, he probably won't get no jail time on this one, to be honest. They're probably going to hit his ass with a big-ass fine, make him close down some sections of his businesses, and keep it moving. But that Georgia one? I don't know about that one, buddy. They, they might just um, try to throw some time at him some probation or something like that. And then that top secret document one, that'll probably ban him from ever running for public office again. Like, do I think dude actually gonna go to jail? No. I'd be surprised if you catch dude in the orange jumpsuit. Don't think that's gonna happen. But what I think they will do is start stripping away his assets and make it so he can't run for public office and start taking away his business. Like, basically put the man in financial ruin, which... From all reports, he ain't got as much money as he say he got, and he might already be in financial ruin. Unless his supporters continue to buy his <clears throat> EFTs and <laughs> give money to his campaign. Let me tell you something, man. If you're giving money to Trump's campaign, you ain't giving money for him to run for president. You're giving that man money to pay for lawyers and new golden toilet seats, buddy. Because he he ain't running for president, guys. I told y'all that, and I'm standing on that. He ain't. He's just running from the law. Whew. That's coming out of this podcast, man. I'm trying to get to this whenever I can. Thank you guys for rocking with me. I'm going to update this thing whenever I can from my undisclosed location in America. Y'all be safe. And once again, thanks to all my friends in Japan who helped your boy out. You know what you did. You know who you are. Love you guys. Thanks for the continued support. Big things popping, little shit dropping, and I'm out. Peace. Yo, check out the new single, Irony, now available on any digital streaming providers. God, just let me kill one. I pay you back in good deeds. Oh, please, just let me see good leads. The black of the berry, the black of the berry, yeah. The blue of the eyes, the air of the Aryans. Shotgun carrying, no to the pond. Just look up no DJ L Spade. Spotify, Apple Music. It doesn't matter. YouTube, go listen to it. Appreciate it. Please. Masking the card again, cursing the guard again. More like a prayer, but the